Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast for Real Life Church Pullman. We exist to help people know and become like Jesus. Today, we are finishing off the, the giving series. We only did uh, two weeks on this. Um, and I know, yeah, I know, I get it. It's the tithing sermon, and everyone's disappointed. Uh, but it's too late. You're stuck here. You're, you, you don't get to go. <laughs> no, you're not. Good. I actually, I look forward to it. It's one of my favorite things to talk on because uh, it's a challenge. Uh, one of the same reasons why I enjoyed youth ministry for so long. There's a bit of a challenge to it. Uh, and I, I like uh, jumping into that challenge and seeing what God can do through me. So um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited talking about uh, tithing today. We titled this series, In God We Trust. You know, In God We Trust. You know, <laughs> so, um, and, and the idea uh, behind that is just, do we trust God? Um, and uh, it got me thinking, this is written on all of our money. Like, who, who, you got a dollar in, in front of you. You could look in and says, in God we trust, and on a 20, on a 100. You know, if there's any rich people in here that have $100 bills, you know, you, you could see. It still says, in God we trust. All over our currency, it says, in God we trust. And that got me thinking, okay, how did that happen? I think if someone was plopped down into our country right now, not having known, like, what was going on, they might be a little confused. Uh, just like you see on all of our currency, it says, in God we trust, and yet pretty much everywhere else it says we definitely don't trust in God or believe in Him. Uh, so why, why is that happening? Um, why, why is it written on all of our money? So I, I started to look it up, and um, for those of you who don't know, in 1864, a man named Salmon Chase was the Treasury Secretary for Abraham Lincoln, uh, and he made a, a commission of uh, pennies and two-cent pieces, which I didn't know there was a two-cent coin at one point, but um, he made them say, in God we trust. Uh, it was really important to him that the we, he wanted to make it a, a collective thing that we do. And so uh, he, he made that uh, effective on all coins, well, mostly all coins, and so that, that continued for a while. But it wasn't a law in our country until 1955 when President Eisenhower signed that to become a law, uh, that all currency have the phrase, in God we trust on it. Uh, and that, that was after uh, an impassioned plea by uh, Charles Bennett, who was the Florida House Rep. Uh, and he, he spoke to the House of Representatives and said, nothing can be more certain than that our country was founded in a spiritual atmosphere and with a firm trust in God. And so there's this idea that our country, and I think we understand this, that it the founding fathers and many of the people uh, that were that came along to f- like form our country had faith, believed in God, trusted in God, and so uh, he was wanting that to be wanted all citizens of the United States to be reminded of that foundation that our country had um, fr- in faith, and uh, he wanted that particularly in time this period of time which was during the Cold War. Uh, and in his, in his words, he wanted people to be reminded to combat the imperialistic and materialistic communism. Um, essentially, what he wanted and what he was hoping for, well, at least according to what he said, is that he wanted a, a country that believed and trusted in God, not in money and not in government. Um, that it's not government, it's not money that will provide, it's not money and government that will sustain, it's God. And so... He wanted everyone to be reminded of that. However, uh, 70, almost 70 years later, I, I don't know that we're doing so well. Uh, I don't know that our country really trusts in God. Um, 
and <laughs> you can blame it on the fact that we don't even really use cash anymore. Does anyone use cash here still? Yeah, some of you? Oh, okay. Rich people, nice. Okay. Uh, must be nice. No, uh, I'm joking. But most of the time, you know, like for me as a, as a young person, a millennial, I, we don't really use cash anymore. You know, we have credit cards. We, we have our phones now. We pay each other through that. Like we don't use money. So we don't have that reminder that Charles Bennett wanted us to have, uh, that it's in God we trust. Uh, so you could, you could blame it on the, the digitization of money. Um, I would probably more likely say it's the digitization of church to blame, but you know, another sermon for another day. Um, but anyway, we're going to talk about tithing. What does it mean? Why do we do it? Uh, but it, it centers around this issue of whether or not we trust in God, whether or not we believe in God. And that was something that even our government at some point wanted us to know, wanted us to believe in that it's not money, it's not government, it's God that we should be putting our trust and faith in. Um, and so we're going to be talking about how to do that. But before we do, let's, let's give the service over to God and pray. Jesus, thank you for the opportunity uh, to share. Thank you for uh, all that you've given and all that you do. Um, I pray, Lord, that right now as we um, read your word and and study uh, what you have to say to us, I pray, Lord, that spirit, you can move in this place and move in our hearts, help us learn and grow, but also put into practice everything that uh, we hear. And uh, so I just pray, Lord, that you you move in this time and and, um, we give it over to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, before we get any farther, one of the things I just want to say uh, is this is not a sermon for those of you that are already tithing to give more. That's not what this is about. Uh, I don't want, <laughs> that's not what I'm here to do. I'm not begging or asking for more. Uh, if you're tithing, you're doing what we're hearing. Like, you could honestly, you could tune me out if you want. Watch some football, whatever. That's okay. No, you don't have to. No, uh, but... It's good for us all to hear, and I think you'll learn something regardless, but what I want to make very clear that the point of this is to tithe, and if you are tithing, I'm not speaking necessarily to you. I'm speaking to everyone that professes to have a faith in Jesus and wants to have that relationship with him, Then, uh, and you're not tithing. This is something that you should be doing. Um, so first and foremost, what does a tithe even mean? It means a tenth. That's literally what the word means. It's just a tenth. Uh, so the, tithe, the word tithe means a tenth. Um, but where does it come from and how does that impact our relationship with God? Why, where, did it, where did it originate? Um, for that, we need to look into Genesis chapter 14. And we're going to be looking at verse 18 through 20. It says this, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. So there you go. Uh, If you're frustrated by the notion of a tithe and you're like, man, why do I have to give God 10%? It's Abraham's fault. You can blame him when we get to heaven. Uh, no, he, he, he's in this moment, he's, he's giving a tenth to this man named Melchizedek, which at some point, if you really want to do a deep dive into like some like spiritual stuff and like some theology and things, like Melchizedek is a very interesting character. Um, but we don't got time for that today. Regardless of what, that, what we do know about him uh, is that he's king of Salem uh, and that he was priest of God Most High. 
that there is a clear connection between this man, Melchizedek, and God. And Abraham recognized that. And Melchizedek chooses to bless Abraham and say that God will provide for him, take care of him, and his enemies will, what does it say? He, he will deliver his enemies into his hand. And Abraham's response, he's Abram's response, he's going to be Abraham very shortly. Uh, but Abram's response in that moment is to tithe, give a tenth. He chooses to give a tenth to Melchizedek uh, or in, a, in an offering towards God for this blessing that he has received, this promise that he now believes in. And so he chooses to respond with tithe. Um, and shortly after this, it's Abraham. Abram becomes Abraham, and God makes that covenant with him, saying that from you, because of your faith, I will make you into a great nation, and it's, it's you that will be the father of my people. Uh, and, and it's because I believe this is a key moment in that where Abraham shows who, that he is a man of faith, that he believes in God and trusts in God. And it's because right here, as Melchizedek is delivering this promise to Abraham, Abram at the time, he's saying, I, I, I trust in you and I believe in you and I'm going to respond by giving you a tenth. I'm going to tithe. That is my response in faith. Um, and then... Shortly after this, God calls him Abraham and makes him the father of, of his nation. Uh, Genesis 28 is the next time we see something like this happen. And it's Abraham's grandson, Jacob. Uh, Jacob goes to sleep one night. Um, and as he is sleeping, he gets a dream. And in the dream, he, God prov- uh, tells him a similar story that he will provide for Abraham for Jacob and his family, and that uh, Jacob will be the continuation of the promise that God gave to Abraham, that he will be the father of his nation, and Jacob will be uh, the father that gives birth to, you know, the next generation. And so he's a part of that. And uh, in verse 18, we see his uh, response, chapter 28, verse 18 through 22. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called the name, called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the city was called, was Luz at the, at the first. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace then the Lord shall be my God, and this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will give you a full tenth to you. So God makes this promise, uh, well, continues his promise through Jacob, and lets him know that he will continue what he had started with his grandfather, and like his grandfather, Jacob decides to respond by saying, well, if you, if you fulfill your end, if you enter into this relationship with me and provide for me and take care of me as I go, I will give you a tenth in response. And so that's his, his response to God's promise and faithfulness. And shortly after this, Jacob ends up marrying uh, Leah and Rachel, and, and uh, he ends up having 12 children, which become the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, his name also goes through a change. He, he becomes from Jacob. He becomes Israel. Uh, so... What we see from these first two passages, these first instances of what it means to give a tenth back to God, um, is that there is a clear connection between faith and tithing. That when you have faith, you tithe. Abraham believed what Melchizedek had said, the, the 
promise that he had spoken on God's behalf, and Abraham responds by giving a tenth. Uh, Jacob believes that uh, what God has spoken through the dream and that God will take care of him, and he says, as you take care of me, I will respond in faith and give you a tenth. So there's this connection between faith and tithing, which asks us, what brings a couple questions to mind. Can you tithe and not have faith? Well, sure, but why? <laughs> like, why are you going to do that? I mean, sure, if you want to tithe and not really believe, um, I, I believe God, sure, like, go ahead. Um, the interesting thing I believe in that is that if you did do that, I believe God would still bless you, even if you don't have faith. Um, now, uh, can you have faith and not tithe? That one I'm not so sure of. Uh, it's just kind of, it's, it's a similar situation with baptism and salvation. A lot of people ask that question. Can you be saved and not be baptized? And that's one of those things where I'm like, why are we even asking that question? What, what is the point of that? If you, if you believe in Jesus and you believe that he died for you and all he's asking for you to follow him is to symbolically die to yourself and be raised, that's what baptism represents, then just do that. You know, like if, if you're a little embarrassed about being in front of people and being wet in front of a bunch of people, um, just remember that Jesus hung naked on a cross for you. So I don't think there's really any point to the question. Same thing here. Can you have faith and not tithe? I think it's the same thing. Why, why wouldn't you? You believe that God has given you everything that you have. You believe that he has uh, created the entire universe and has given you 100% of himself. And yet you choose not to give back to him a tenth. I'd don't even see why we're bothering to ask the question. Here's what I do know, though. Everyone ties. 100% across the board, every single person ties. I'm not talking about, like, this church. I'm talking about the entire world. Everyone gives the first tenth of what they have to something. It just may not be God. It might be your God. It might be their God. It just may not be God. Everyone ties. Uh, and if you want a pretty good in- indication of who your God is, you can start by looking at your finances and who do you give your first tenth to. Um, so there's, there's that. Uh, let's go on to Numbers chapter 18. So far, this has just been like a trend. It's trending. Uh, tithing is trending in, in, in the scriptures and in God's people. Uh, but does God ever actually command his people to tithe and, and give this tenth? Is this something he's asking uh, his people to do? And Jacob's descendants become the Israelites. They split into 12 tribes of people from his 12 sons. And uh, from them, uh, God has different roles and responsibilities. And he does it, uh, command them to give a tenth of all that they receive, all that they produce. He says, give a tenth back to God. And here in Numbers chapter 18, we're going to see what God intends to do with that. So he's commanding them and writing it into his law, his, um, his relationship guidelines, if you will, uh, on how to have a relationship, with, how, how to model what a relationship with him looks like. And uh, in Numbers chapter 18, verse 21, we're going to see what God is doing with that tithe. And it says this, To the Levites I have given every tithe in Israel for an inheritance, in return for their service that they do, their service in the tent of meeting, so that the people of Israel do not come near the tent of meeting, lest they bear sin and die. But the Levites shall do the service of the tent of meeting, and they shall bear their iniquity. 
It shall be a perpetual statute throughout your generations and among the people of Israel that they shall have no inheritance. For the tithe of the people of Israel, which they present as a contribution to the Lord, I have given to the Levites for an inheritance. Therefore I have said to them that they shall have no inheritance among the people of Israel. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Moreover, you shall speak and say to the Levites, When you take from the people of Israel the tithe that I have given you from them for your inheritance, then you shall present a contribution from it to the Lord, a tithe of the tithe. So God has, uh, through Moses, commanded that his people tithe. They give a tenth. And, and that's God inviting his people into a relationship where he is giving to them because he gives everything. Uh, and they, in response, trust in him and believe in him and give back. They choose to give a first, the first 10% of what they have, the first tenth of what they have, back to God in relationship with him. So God is inviting his people to be in relationship with him and trust in him. And out of that tithe, what he's doing with it, he's giving it to this select group of the, the, nation, the tribes, the Levites. They are the priests of the, Lev- of the nation of Israel. And so the Levites' job is to help the nation continue their relationship with God, to take care of all the, the duties and services of their faith. Uh, so they take care of the places where they meet, they offer sacrifices, they, they are responsible to be the priests of the nation of priests. Um, and so the Levites have a responsibility in that. They don't get to work the fields, and they don't get to earn land, they don't get to do anything else, they, they just have to survive on what the tithe is. Uh, this is their responsibility, not to necessarily accrue anything for themselves or their family, it's just their responsibility to serve God, serve their people, and make sure that everyone is continuing in right relationship with God. And because of that, they live off of the tithe. Um, it's not all that different than the way we do things here today. Uh, we, we have pastors, and pastors are responsible for uh, taking care of facilities and holding services and helping the congregations uh, continue in their relationship with God and have healthy, good relationships with God, teach and instruct and serve. That's the pastor's responsibility. And out of that, pastors live off the tithe of what you give. Uh, and that's, that's something that's not necessarily, I, I wasn't necessarily born into, although you could argue I'm a third generation pastor, so maybe I was, I don't know. But for me, it, it's more of a calling, like something that God specifically said, I, I want you to do this. And uh, I felt it in my heart, and I've been doing it ever since. And because of that, I live off of this tithe. Now, it doesn't mean I, I accrue things for myself or I achieve anything on my own. No, I have to just faithfully live by what God gives me and serve where God tells me to serve and how he tells me to serve and who he tells me to serve. Uh, and so that's, that's how we, we still do things to this day. And what I, I wanted to point out, what's interesting here is that at the end of this, um, Moses gives the commandment that not just the, Levi, or not just the nation of Israel tithes and the Levites receive that tithe, and that's how they provide for them, themselves, but on top of that, they're supposed to tithe. They're supposed to model what a relationship with God looks like, and so they themselves are also supposed to tithe, the tithe of the tithe. And we here at Real Life continue that model. All of us pastors tithe to this church, uh, whatever is given to me. It's a little weird sometimes. It's like <laughs> I'm, I'm getting paid by the church, yet I'm tithing to the church, and it's just a strange, weird cycle that's like how much of my tithe is actually coming back to me anyway. Um, but the point is to model what this relationship <clears throat> looks like. And so I, I tithe, and so does the rest of the staff. 
And in fact, uh, even beyond that, our church is actually looking to tithe itself. Uh, the organization of our church, one of the things we're, we're working towards is how do we uh, give to outside organizations, outside communities, mission work that's happening around the world. We want to contribute a tenth of what we raise here, not, not for ourselves, but for God's work other places. Uh, our church wants to tithe, not just our staff. Uh, so we're, we're working on that. Um, what do we learn, though? What do we know? Here, here's what I'll say. I, I don't believe God is after your money. I don't think he needs it. Uh, I'm pretty sure. In fact, I, <laughs> I can tell you confidently he doesn't. Uh, I don't think God's after money. What I think in this command and in, as he's dealing with his people, what he's after is them. And what he's after is you. He wants relationship with you. He wants connection with you. He wants you to have that trust in him and belief in him. And so he's inviting you to do that by giving you everything you have and, and asking that you just return a tenth to trust him so that money or anything else might not get in the way of your relationship with him or your faith in him. What God's not after isn't your money. He's after you. And he wants to make sure nothing gets in that way. And so he, he invites and encourages and even commands that people that have faith in him and follow him give the first tenth of what they have to him. And I believe that, as I've seen in my own life, that that helps you avoid the, the trust in yourself, money, anything else that you might be putting your faith in. It helps you put your faith in the correct thing, which is God. And uh, one of the things I just you know, want to say, I don't think it's really that crazy that we give God 10%. What I think is a little crazy is that he trusts us with the other 90 um, so, what about today? What is, does, that's all in the Old Testament, and we don't believe in the Old Testament anymore. I'm just kidding. We totally do believe in the Old Testament, and you should absolutely read it. Um, but does Jesus say anything on the matter? Uh, and in fact, he doesn't talk about it very much. Uh, and I, I love the reason why, because as we see in Matthew 23, 23, he doesn't even really think it's worth noting because he believes it's already been all talked about. Um, let's read that. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Sorry, hypocrites, he shouted that. For you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. In a simple phrase, um, Jesus is coming at the Pharisees as he often does. Uh, and telling them that they are, they're tithing. They're giving 10%. In fact, they're giving 10% on their spice rack. I don't know how detailed you get with your tithes. I, I, I don't quite go to like, you know, when I buy, you know, new spices that I, I bring 10% to the church. I don't, I don't go that far. Um, but that's what they were doing. They, they were willing to tithe and they were being very detailed and meticulous about it. But they were forgetting some other things. That that tithe was them supposed to be trusting in God and having a relationship with God. And while they were doing that, they weren't necessarily being changed by that relationship with God. And they were forgetting other things. And what Jesus says is that you should, do, you should be doing both. And I think in that moment, Jesus doesn't need to necessarily speak on over and over again, do we still need to be tithing and trusting in God? I think it's an obvious thing to him. Yes, out of faith, tithe. Just as Abraham responded in faith, he tithed. Just as Jacob responded in faith and tithe. Just as the nation of Israel continued to have faith, they tithe. We are still supposed to be tithing. We're just also not supposed to forget what that tithe is all about. Relationship with him. 
and being changed by that relationship with him. Uh, so now that I've thoroughly convinced you all to tithe, um, right? We're good? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> How and where? Where are we supposed to be tithing? How are we supposed to be tithing? Well, it's pretty simple. It's the first 10% that we have. And like I said, you're already giving it to something or someone. Um, and I would suggest, like, obviously, as a, a pastor here, I would suggest giving to your local community, um, investing in, in your church and in your body. Um, this is something that I do and it's something I believe in doing. Um, but I, what I don't want you to hear in that is that I... I <laughs> One, I'm not really begging or anything like that. Our, our church is doing okay. Uh, something that we want to be doing better of is communicating openly about where we're at how, financially and taking care of stuff. And if you ever have any questions, just know we're not hiding anything. You can talk to Terry and he'll be honest with you. He'll answer any question you have. Um, but we're doing okay. We're not doing great. We're doing okay. Um, so but here's the thing. I, I trust God. I believe in God. I know that God's going to take care of this place. He's going to take care of me. He's going to take care of the staff. He's going to take care of all of you. I believe in that. I trust in that. Um, but I would encourage you to tithe, and I would encourage you to tithe here. I see where the money goes, and I get to take part in how it's being used, and I, I see it doing a lot of good. I see it you know, buying ping pong paddles for youth kids and, and seeing the difference that it makes in their life where they can come to church and learn that, you know, a relationship with God isn't always like a bad thing. It can be fun. Uh, I see it going to benevolence and people that are without hope coming to a place where they, they have some hope. That someone said, hey, maybe if you talk to this place, they might help you. And someone shows up without anybody else to turn to and they find help. Uh, I, I see our money being put to good use all over the place, and so uh, I would encourage you to tithe here. And, um, but here's the deal. I don't, what, I'm, what I want, what I hope for, is that everyone here tithes. And if what is preventing you from tithing, if, if as you hear messages and, and have heard this message time and time again about that that's something we are, we're supposed to do, that God has commanded it and has shown throughout Scripture that this is something He wants to invite you in a relationship where you trust Him and put your first tenth and give it over to Him, if what's preventing you from doing that is because you're a little weary of maybe thinking that this pastor on stage is greedy and just wants more money for himself, well, first of all, I'll tell you, it doesn't change my salary whether you tithe or not. Um, that, that won't make a difference. Um, but also, just don't give here then. Don't, don't give here. If, if that's what's preventing you, if that's what's stopping you from entering in this relationship and putting your faith and trust in God, then don't give here. I, I, I don't care. What I care about more than seeing money happen and given to our church is a room full of people that trust God and tithe. I believe God can do a whole lot more through a, a group of people that trust in him than he can with any of the money that you give. Now, money's a good thing. It helps us. helps us do more ministry. It helps us give more to people that are in need. It helps us uh, buy more fun games for youth kids and take more kids to camp. It helps us, our college ministry, do more events. It helps us serve more people. It helps us hire more people, that we can have serve more people. Like, that's one of the coolest things is when we as a church have enough to be able to say to someone, hey, you have a calling in your life. We want to see you live it out and we will provide for you. How cool is that when a church gets an opportunity to do that? 
I've, I've even seen money become an awesome burden to have. And when I've done youth ministry in the past and I've raised money for camps for kids to be able to go to camp and I end up with more money than I'm supposed to get and I have more money than I have kids to go and then I have to go find kids and say, hey, it's free, come. That's an awesome place to be. So money is great. It's great when we can have it. It's great, um, but more than how great money is, more than how awesome it is to have that that tool. Uh, it's, it's better to have a congregation that truly trusts God. And that's something that, what I, what I want, what I want to see. I, I don't care if you give here or somewhere else. I don't, I don't care. What I want to see is a community and a group full of people that genuinely trust God and put their faith and trust in God and their money where their mouth is. That's what I want to see. Uh, and so whatever, wherever and however you want to do that, that's what's important to me, and that's what I believe is important to God, that we are a community that trusts and gives because he can do a whole lot more with, with that group of people than he can do with any amount of money. Uh, I've gotten to see this firsthand in my life uh, with, with my family. I, uh, I, I'm a third-generation pastor, as I said, and I got to be a part of a family that my grandfather uh, started, and pretty much everyone in my family, I believe, is a follower of, of Christ, and, and not just a follower of Christ, not only just says that we believe in Jesus, but ties and, and shows that no matter how difficult the time is, uh, and my family can tell you lots of those stories, I'm sure you've heard them before or have some yourself, uh, where time is tight and you don't really know how you're going to make ends meet, and yet you continue to put your faith first and tithe. And I've gotten to see my whole family be a part of that and, and contribute to that. And I've, I've seen what God has done in that. That, yeah, you can say that God, my family gave and that God blessed my family and continues to look out for them. But let me tell you what's even cooler than that is growing up in a family that really trusts God. 100% trusts God. Growing up knowing that not just my parents, but my aunts, my uncles, my grandparents, they all trust God. They all believe in Him. They all have faith in Him and they'll, they'll show you. They'll give first to Him even when it doesn't make sense. They all have and they all will and they all continue to do. And I got to be raised in that family and see what God can do through a family that truly trusts God, not just in my own life, but the world around me. I've gotten to see God work and there's going to be a huge chunk of heaven that has Lambert family to think. And that's not me necessarily bragging. I'm bragging a little bit, but I, what that is is just a group full of people that, that trust God fully. And give first. Even when it's hard, even when it doesn't make a lot of sense, they still choose to put their faith and trust it, not in money, not in themselves, but in God. And I got to be a part of that family and I got to learn that. And one of the things, I was just talking with Jeff and it was just this cool idea that I, like, I don't even question it. I don't even have to stand here and like some of you might be, this might be new information to you and it might be a challenge. Some of you might be walking this out for the first time. You might be like my grandfather where you have to be kind of the pinnacle of the, the start in your family. But me, being the third generation of this, I don't even question it. I don't care how tight the times are. I know where to put my faith in my money. It, it needs to be in God. And, and the tighter the time is, the, the less I have, the more I, I need to trust God, and I know that. And how cool it is for me to not have to learn this lesson, but to have it already ingrained in me because of the, the family that I get to be a part of. So... The things that I want to tell you today, again, if you're already doing this, I'm not asking for more. 
This isn't an offering or collection. I'm saying like, hey, we need, we need you to give. All I'm saying is if you don't do this already, if you're not tithing and you're not trusting and entering into this relationship with God, do it. If you're not already, tithe. That's, that's the first thing I want you to take away from this uh, and, and start this relationship. Start to see how this works in your life. And it might be difficult. It might be a step of faith. It might be a little challenging at first, but give it a shot. And maybe after time, you'll develop a culture and a family and you'll get to see God provide for you time and time again. That you'll get to see like me, like there's not even a question in my mind. No, of course. I've seen God come through for me way too many times to ever doubt him. And maybe you're the start of that for your family, like my grandfather was for our family. So if you're not already tithe, if you are, sweet, you're doing it. Keep doing it. Number two, teach your kids to tithe. And I would say with this, like provide opportunities for that. If you, if you have children and, and you want them to learn how to tithe, give them an allowance and tell them how to tithe. Show them how to do that. If, if they have an opportunity to earn money or, you know, like you do 4-H and they sell animals, show them how to tithe. Show them how to give first to God and trust in Him and believe in Him and enter into that relationship with God. So teach your kids to tithe. Take the opportunity now to show them so that they don't have to learn it later. And number three, don't forget everything else. Like Jesus was saying to the Pharisees, yes, tithing is great and it's important and it's, an, it's necessary for our, our relationship with God. But don't forget all the other things that that relationship's about. It's about changing you and growing you. Like we just did a whole series on the fruit of the Spirit and how we, as we have a relationship with God, as we walk with the Spirit, we're supposed to be changed. And so don't forget all that other stuff. Tithing is is good, but it's not everything. So don't forget to do everything else. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by going to rlcpullman.com or by following us on Facebook or YouTube. Until next time, have a great week.